sound good for... Okay, we're talking and blah, blah, blah. We're about talking. how you're trying to get me drunk. <laughs> Adrian's <laughs> taking shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Nia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all of my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. I am so excited for us to dive into today's episode with one of my friends and equal parts teacher, Adrian Abeta. We are diving in to learn all about the shadow self and how this plays a critical role on our healing journey. Adrian is such a special, magical being. She is a practical mystic and natural counselor, specializing in blending the intuitive arts of astrology and tarot, psychospirituality, mysticism, and shadow work to help people reconnect to their essence and live a life of purpose. In today's episode, she does such a beautiful job of just that. We actually recorded this episode right before we ended up getting COVID. So this is all of our reflections on the pandemic and everything that has come from that prior to simultaneously experiencing COVID and all of the shadow work that it entails. So it's kind of interesting that this is now coming full circle and the information that you get from today's episode is just as relevant and if not more true to the experience of the shadow. So I hope that you enjoy and as always, feel free to connect with me on Instagram or on Facebook if you want to continue this conversation. So without further ado, here is Adrian as we explore the realm of darkness. All right. I have one of my dear friends and mentors, like a big sister. I always think of um, practical magic Mm -hmm. and you are like the witch guiding me Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, with me today. And we are talking about shadow work. Um, Adrian, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself? And I don't know what you go by. Spiritual mentor? Guide? Um, I go by any name. I go by many names. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be defined. Um, well, my, my name is Adrian Nebeda. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I am, I am a lot of things, as you know. Um, but what I do in the world is I use astrology and tarot archetypes, like the language of archetypes, mm-hmm. and I use the investigation of my own life and watching patterns in human behavior through, you know, like systems like astrology, but also psychology, anything that is the, you know, learning or the understanding of the human condition. Um, my favorite being myth and archetype and religion and anything that has a story. Mm-hmm. I love stories. And so basically, I am listening to people's life story. I'm looking at their life story in the stars. Um, and 
I'm helping them rewrite their life story. Mm. So by understanding the, the parts that we play in our story and, and when we are holding on to those parts instead of evolving into the next character, because that's mm-hmm. all it is. So isn't that then about our story? Mm. So we're going to be talking about shadow work. Yes. And as I was telling Adrian, I don't really know exactly what it is. I know it's looking at the parts of yourself that you might have deemed as less than or not appropriate to show to the external world. And that's about all I know. Mm -hmm. I know I did a lot of it this year with Adrian, and I felt she was the best person to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what would be helpful Mm -hmm. is let's start with the definition of what it is, where it comes from. I know we talked about it's Carl Jung coined the term, Mm -hmm. but where are we getting this information from? (laughs) Yes. Um, And I want to ask you what shadow work means too, okay? Okay. We'll come back to that. Uh, So the shadow, the term the shadow was coined by by Carl Jung. And Jung was working with archetypes at the time and recognizing, and and although it wasn't, um, archetypes also are something that have this uh, relationship with Jung as well. Um, but they they go further back than mm. Jung. But they were maybe called other things like um, the types were one of the things um, like prototypes. Mm. And even during uh, like Plato, there were also he also coined something that was more uh, aligned with dispositions. I, the name of it is escaping me at the moment. I'll come back to that. But Jung saw that the shadow was one of the major archetypes in our life. Mm-hmm. So you th- if you think about it, like our sense of self, our identity, who we are is a mm-hmm. construct of behaviors. And those behaviors, those expressions are rooted in beliefs that we have about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the beliefs we have about ourselves have been impressed upon us by our earlier experiences, mm-hmm. by the conditions of our existence. And so thus, like who we show we are on the outside, right, mm-hmm. is a representation of who we feel we are on the inside. But that sense of feeling who we are on the inside is not often conscious. It's conditioned. Mm-hmm. We feel about ourselves in How a way. People told us. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and in a way that we needed them to mm-hmm. see us for our own survival, okay? So that's all very important to, to identify kind of like what the ego is mm-hmm. and the self in that. And, and we need to have an ego mm-hmm. because the shadow of the ego is, uh, sorry, the, the, <laughs> the ego, the shadow of the ego, right, is oh. the shadow. That's what mm-hmm. the shadow is. It's the opposite side of what we show to the world. Oh, I almost in my head thought of, the ego as the shadow. Good. And it's the, and, and, and in some ways, it's just the darker side of it. Mm. But what, what this teaches us, what shadow work teaches us, is that the integration of both is really the goal, wholeness. And that's mm-hmm. what Jung said, is that this shadow was something that was eluding us. And as it was eluding us, we were also contributing to that. So let's think about... Um, you know, in history and literature and all of the great myths, there's always a hero and there's always a bad guy. Mm. This goes back from the beginning of time, using even the Bible as a great example for this, right? The Bible, there was God and there was a devil. There was man Mm. and woman and and man and woman were good inherently, but that serpent was evil, right? Mm. And so this duality of good and bad Mm. is what our existence is basically 
made from. Mm -hmm. And our goal in life, the shadow work, as we say, integration or healing, is bringing those two parts of ourselves back together in such a way that we are not living in the Mm push-pull. And that when we have that kind of integration is when we can connect to the archetype of the self, the Mm -hmm. soul. Mm. Now, just to understand, are the archetypes, do they go in a certain order? No. Okay, because I've seen that where it's like you turn into a maiden to a mother. Well, but, but that... Are but those that, different ones? Yes, they are, but that okay. even in its experience, so the archetype in that, Nia, is that the transition from something into something else, the maturation, the cycle, the mm-hmm. rhythm of life is the archetype. We are subject to these rhythms, these cycles, these changes, life and death, from the beginning of life, quote, mm-hmm. air quote, mm-hmm. to the end of life, right? So even that is an archetype. It's a cycle that we all have to move mm. through multiple times in our life, mm. right? So I, I think modern um, expression of archetypes, because they get thrown around a yeah. lot, everybody wants to develop their own like set of archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. And and the, that set is important. It's a cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But what people then maybe misunderstand is that the archetype is not always the person as much as it is the experience mm. that that so-called person or archetype bring up in each individual. Mm-hmm. Would we say then that it's the ego wanting to fit into like that like kind of boxed system that we get like from those archetypes rather than the experience, as you say? That's a great question. If I'm understanding you, what you mean is that is it the ego that's guiding our need to somehow be able to manage ourselves in the world? Like now I'm using yeah. that example. Now I'm the maiden. Now I'm the yeah. crone. Right. I imagine it probably is because the ego's whole um, motivation, if you will, is simply to be something, mm-hmm. life, right? And to individuate it's something, to mm-hmm. stand out, to be different, to be unique. Mm-hmm. Because what the reality on the other side, so let me say this, the shadow... Help, if I don't come back to this, remind me, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a short detour. The The shadow is a personal shadow. And, and in that way, we all have this part of ourselves. Some of it is subconscious. It's not aware. We're not aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's in... Um, it's in the it's in the dark, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then there are other aspects of ourself that we have cut off from ourselves mm-hmm. that are incompatible with receiving love, with how we feel that other people will perceive us. So they get cut off in some sort of like a, let's say it has a moral scalpel of some sort. This is good. This is bad. Mm-hmm. This is right. And all of that that is deemed um, incompatible with mm-hmm. how the self wants to show up. Right? It gets shoved into the basement or the mm-hmm. shadow or the mm-hmm. subconscious. So whatever is repressed. In our, in our personal lives, yeah. we meet outside ourselves, is what Jung said. Mm. That no matter... Explain that. <laughs> whatever it is that we resist in ourselves, that we repress, yeah. we, it then becomes something that is unconscious in us. And the only way we can mm. experience it is by projecting it outward. Oof. And as we project it outward, right? And this might be in a relationship. It's always going to be in a relationship. Yeah. But also situations and in our life. It then reflects back whatever it's provoking in us to feel in that moment, we don't have access to that feeling. So let me say, for example, my ego is very strong. I'm capable. I'm competent. I'm independent. I am, you know, I'm assertive. I'm, and, and all of that has come out of the trauma for me as a little kid, not feeling like I had any power in the world. So I developed a persona, an image of this strength of this competence. 
vulnerability as my inner child or my wounded child let me know was very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. Dangerous as in death dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't know any difference. It's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And so as that sense of self is developed, if I don't do the shadow work, which is like, okay, like I'm not impervious Mm -hmm. to vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we like to pretend we are. (laughs) And I've developed all these tactics that reinforce to me, like how capable I am, Mm -hmm. right? And and then because I can't confront that vulnerability in myself, I'm going to meet it outside myself. Mm. All of my clients are all vulnerable. Yeah. All of my good friends, they're all so sensitive. Yeah. And I'd, I'm not sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had to meet that outside myself mm-hmm. in really um, sometimes humiliating ways. Definitely ways that, you know, make me feel shame. Can you bring, give me an example? So let's say that, you know, for me, if part of my persona, my image, right, is that I know. I know, I, I do, I know a lot, right? I've studied. <laughs> so that by itself is, it, it's not, you don't judge it, it just is, yeah? Mm-hmm. But that will trigger for other people a response. Like imagine mm. all relationships are kind of like... Um, they're just the mirror, right? Re- they're mirrors. Yeah. And they're recipes, which means that you and me create a different recipe than you and Kevin, mm-hmm. than you and so-and-so, mm-hmm. than me and Jen, Right. And, and when our recipe comes together, we're going to provoke in each other mm. things that we need to confront in ourselves in that um, confrontational way, but also the beautiful things that are undeveloped in us as well. Mm. So there's not always a dark shadow. In mm-hmm. fact, what lies in the shadow are all of these untapped potentials, Ooh. all of our superpowers, if you will. Shadow work brings you in contact with your real superpowers, not the ones you developed as survival tactics when you were a child. Hmm. So is that like, uh, the way I've seen it is like when someone says like, gives me a compliment that's like really detailed, it's like they have that ability to see that in me because it exists in them. And that's shadow work in itself too. That that can be a wonderful side effect or result of shadow work. Mm. So in other words, in, in an unconscious shadow work, it might be then it's not just like, oh, you know, I love how kind you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not that kind of compliment. It's from me, the other person. It's adoration of that. Mm. Oh my gosh, that person is so this or that uh. person is so that. And typically, if there's such this adoration on the other side, in other words, it provokes a really visceral response, it's often an indication. It's triggering. There's a projection. Mm. Something within you that you need to reflect back upon. Ooh. I'm thinking like you said so many things. I loved the uh the vision of you said uh, a moral scalpel. Yeah. <laughs> I like that word. Oh. That's like that gives me like a great idea of like I'll take this but not this yeah. and like by the end of it we're like fragmented. Oh yeah. That's so that's so interesting because I just you made me just realize last night I had this strange, well, they're all strange, but this strange dream. And in the morning when I woke up, the words that stuck with me when I was writing it down, well, first of all, I was having sex with this other woman. Hmm. And, and in this, it was, it was definitely something like I was, I was merging with temperance. Temperance is a tarot card Mm. and she, for whatever reason, embodied temperance. Mm. And so temperance at the core, it's an archetype, Mm -hmm. is alchemy. And mm. alchemy is what you were just doing. It's integration, mm-hmm. right? It's a combination of things. It's not the this or the that that the, that, that moral scalpel needs, yeah. right? Cut and dry. Mm-hmm. But life is everything. It's a mixture.
So now I'm like racking my brain to think. Um, You want me to come back to our train of thought? Yes. Okay. Personal (laughs) shadow. I just described it. Okay. There's also a cultural shadow. And the cultural shadow is something that is, it, if you think about it, it's not, it, it's not necessarily our self in, in individual, mm-hmm. but it's our culture. It's the collective that we grow up in. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that we are only semi-conscious of because we, we are born of it. Mm-hmm. You don't really know, notice a difference. You yeah. know, you, this would be market if you went to some other like third world country and thought like, oh, whoa, who are these people? Mm-hmm. Right. So this cultural shadow also encompasses things that as a culture we repress mm-hmm. are bad or wrong right mm-hmm. or, or are evil mm. so think about our nation right uh, for a moment <laughs> yeah and think about what it's grounded in what is america grounded in that we learn in 1776 oh gosh you're putting me on the spot here uh, like what's our, what is the Declaration of Independence, it's grounded in, like, this so-called freedom. freedom yeah. Freedom of what? Like, speech. Yep. Yeah, well, right, and though. freedom, religion, <laughs> right? And it's grounded yeah. in that. And it and it developed this beautiful story, right? Here's the archetype. It developed a story around freedom, yet the shadow of that, the tyranny of power from mm. that, was that it was also built upon the oppression of others, and that oppression of others is an archetypal experience. Mm-hmm. We're always going to push against something mm-hmm. to define ourselves. There will always be a fight in some way because that's part of the human experience, right? Mm. All of these archetypes are part of the human experience. But when we try to control the narrative, so to speak, as a culture, what gets shoved into the cultural shadow is what's underneath that freedom. It's, it's oppression. It is, it, it's racism. It's misogyny, mm-hmm. it's greed, it's like there's, and, I, and I'm, you know me, Nia, I'm an optimist, <laughs> yeah. right? Like this is but not But this a, is the reality it, of things. Right? <laughs> and so what happens is that when we show the world the persona of, the, you know, independence, freedom for all, blah, 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 but underneath that it's not aligned yeah. when our insides are not aligned with our outsides and our outsides are a facade, the shadow will always eke out and it acts out in compulsive ways, Mm. not in really well-refined ways because the ego is part of what Freud actually said was the id. It's the the little wild creature Mm. in us, right? Right? The shadow, Mm -hmm. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm. You know, think about all of these. Think of, uh, there's always this trickster part of that shadow. So it will come out, culturally speaking. Look at what's going on. Look at what's been going on. Right? So America's going through shadow work. Absolutely. (laughs) I was going to actually have a question on here about this because I I see clients and it's like, (laughs) and I see so many people going through shadow work, if we want to call it that, like just like trying to bring wholeness and like it's almost like COVID forced people to address all the areas that they've kind of like turned their head away from, mm-hmm. like specifically in their uh, partnerships mm-hmm. and a lot of like with their work mm-hmm. of like where they're out of integrity. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost feels like, and I feel like a lot of people who work with clients can see like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been going through and it's a reflection of one another. Pluto. Okay. So Pluto is the planet 
that represents, it is the archetype of death and life and mm. transformation. It is the shadow. It's what exists in the realm of, of chaos in that way. Mm. And so what's interesting, and it, it takes about, I think it's about 182 years, 196, something like that for us, for Pluto to do a return where Saturn is, you know, 29. Yeah. So it, and, and what this, it's also coming back to the same place in the United States horoscope. Mm where Pluto is. So this Pluto return for us as a, as a culture, right. And this is, this is the part, you know, as you're saying, like shadow work, it means that there's a conscious attempt, right? Mm -hmm. What we're going through right now as a nation is a confrontation with the shadow Mm. or a possession of the shadow. Mm. I mean, Trump was a wonderful example of that (laughs) and and not because of who he is, but because of the projection that he is able to sustain. And, and, and collectively there is this massive dichotomy of projection on him. Anytime that there is a huge reaction that you have to something that is always an indication that your shadow, if this is the area to look at, mm. something has been activated in your unconscious that you are unaware of, and we are trying to get your fucking response. So, so you're a trigger. Gonna, uh-huh. So you're going to feel intense hatred, mm. or you're going to feel intense bliss and love, mm. right? Extremes. So the divisiveness. Yes. Oh, so it's like contrast, because this is the most divisive, like, I mean, in my lifetime that the country has been of like, you're either a Democrat or a Republican, or you like this person or you don't like this yes. person. And so it's creating its yep. own shadow. So when does, how long is this going to be going on? Oh, well, I mean, until, until, until we wake up. The thing about shadow work and the thing about Pluto in particular is that to really get one's uh, awareness it requires major crisis, upheaval, mm, destruction, death, right? And so uh, equally so, our ego, it, our ego's whole job, if you will, is to not let us die. Yeah. And you have to understand that death is not just a physical death. Yeah. It, death can be anything that identity. is cut off exactly from ourself. Mm. So to protect that identity is our major motivation in life, right? So this is where the ego is very important. The goal of shadow work is to have a healthy, balanced ego. Not to have an inflated ego, mm-hmm. but also not to have an impoverished ego. Mm-hmm. And an impoverished ego means that I have no sense of self, mm-hmm. that I am completely at the whim of others, that I am a victim, that the world is happening against me. Mm-hmm. And so again, this is an archetype of human experience, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about Pluto returning, what year did it return? It's now. Oh, so yeah. was it 2020 now or like? No, I think it was 20, recently. I'm pretty sure it, it pretty sure it went exact is what we say in astrology. Yeah. Around 2021, but it doesn't matter. Its radius is, has like two to three years on both sides. Mm. So the lead up to, and you know, the time period after, mm. and this is where, again, coming back to that sense of, of self and wholeness is to live in tune with our own cycles, mm-hmm. to live in tune with our nature, right? But again, the collective, where it's out of balance because of its divisiveness, mm-hmm. as you see, we are completely out of sync with nature. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have exploited the shit out of mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. We have lost our connection to the divine and nature. And so it will always remedy itself. But what is this it that will remedy it? Yeah. Right? It's part of us as an individual. There is also a cultural 
-hmm. identity, energy, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And we all contribute to that, which leads me to when we do our own personal shadow work, Mm -hmm. that's for us. But as a, as a collective, we need to be doing this shadow work. Mm-hmm. So where two or more gathered in my name, I will be there is what it says in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same for us. If we gather in groups and we collectively work on changing the cultural narrative, we begin to do the shadow work as a whole, mm-hmm. right? So it's like... I I use this quote a lot, like, when you heal yourself, you heal your family. When we heal ourselves, we heal the world. Yes. So it's like we're all just these little drops in the bucket. Exactly. And healing, in this case, is just about integration. Mm. It's alchemy. It's consciousness. You know, with that then, it's not like the pain. So let's say the personal shadow work that we're doing, and say we're doing it because we had a terribly traumatic childhood, and we want to heal ourselves of the trauma. Well, the first... um, requirement in that is that you have to surrender to your need to not feel pain right explain that my question mark above my head when we think when we go through many people when they go through like I want to do you know this healing work yeah because I want to heal my trauma there's the expectation that healing trauma simply means I don't want to feel the pain associated with it okay right and and I don't think is that possible though well, <laughs> like you have, to, like, it's like uh, when you say that, I think like, well, isn't the part of like kind of bringing that about is maybe the parts where you shut off exactly. feeling it. But again, like we, our ego, and, and again, it, it crafts along with the shadow, these really um, great strategies. And those strategies are um, justifications. I justify my behavior and why mm-hmm. I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, rationalizations. Well, I've learned the lesson in this, and now I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. So w- when we talk about is you know what is the healing? The healing itself is going to be um, layers or levels of awareness, and I mean addressing, processing, resolving, mm-hmm. and and many people will only do a couple layers. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you're, I'm. This is a question I think many people might have. Is but I'll kind of give a backstory. Is when I started doing this healing work on myself, uh, say 22, 23, and then got really into it. And when I was twenty five, and now I'm thirty, I've realized like I'll revisit the same wounds, if you will, but from like a different angle. And it's led me to believe like, oh, this really isn't ever done. <laughs> and when it is, I'll probably be ascend to a new layer of being but do you think it's possible for someone who's experienced really traumatic things when they were a child to ever look back at like a memory or the trigger and not feel pain yes okay because pain in that sense is you're, it's a, an emotional reaction to it. Okay. And that emotional reaction is a trigger, right? We get mm-hmm. triggered and we feel like oftentimes people say, oh, I'm triggered. They're, you're supposed to, I'm triggered. I feel, yeah. right? Not just whoop, emotional reaction, whoop, emotional reaction. I feel humiliation. I feel fear, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't and, and if you can't be with your triggers, yeah. those emotional responses, if you can't disarm them, then you will always be reactive, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So, of course, it's possible to feel mm-hmm. different feelings in relation to that major trigger in your life. Because mm-hmm. that major, no, sorry, major event yeah. in your life, because whatever that was, is very much responsible for the conditioning, right? Like, that, that's what you grew up in. Mm. You were nurtured and nourished in that experience. So then, do you think that people, like... 
the prompt or like the I know the world right now, say if the world wasn't in its Pluto return, if I say that right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it always marked by something sudden or tragic for a person to like need to do shadow work? Oh, I see what you're saying. I think um, I think what you are referring to, so this is best described and illustrated in the tower card in the tarot deck. Okay. The the most like you know, scary card in the deck. And it is that crisis point. Yeah. So what you're saying is... Oh, I is, drew that card. Well, did, did you? Yeah, like, like midsummer, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Oh, <laughs> so much. Um, which also prompted your shadow work, mm. right? Uh, yeah. And so the bigger the wake-up call, mm-hmm. the maybe it's more important. Now is the time mm. to do what you've come here to do what you have resources to do. Mm. Now, this brings me back full circle. So to do this shadow work, what we're doing is we're calling back these parts of ourselves that are unknown, that are incompatible with us, that we have shame around, that we're not even really aware of. We're calling all of those parts back in our life Mm -hmm. and in our being in a way that we feel aligned. And, And we can do that through... Here's the practical parts. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a Virgo thing, okay? (laughs) The practical parts of this are disarming triggers. To disarm Mm. a trigger means that we turn it back on ourselves. Play that out. (laughs) What are you most triggered by? Oh. Name a couple of your triggers. Lately, my triggers have been, like, people not holding their end of the bargain. Okay. Like, if I went to the... I literally went to the car wash, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, I paid $25. He's going to do the interior. He's not going to vacuum. I don't need him to vacuum. And then he washed the outside and tried to send me on my way. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I paid for the inside. Right, right. Keep going. And so I feel what? I feel annoyed. I paid you... Annoyed is, is a yeah, top emotion. Really, Go more. Yeah. What You feel annoyed because you feel Betrayed. What? You feel betrayed. And what else? Um, Like... You took advantage of me. Yeah, you took advantage of me. I don't have power. Mm-hmm. I don't have power. So then, yeah, the, the first thing I wanted to do was be like, hey, hey, you owe me this Bam. because I paid the extra yes. fee. Perfect. You're bringing up such a wonderful example <laughs> because one of the things there's, I learned this in uh, one of the books, which I, I can't remember right now. Um, they use this as a wonderful acronym, uh, FACE. This is a great acronym, fear, which they're all born out of. And then we have anger, Mm -hmm. right? And this is kind of that anger at the world, right? And if we don't experience our own anger, we experience it through others Mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. Control. Control is what we just talked about yeah. a lot, right? We, we Everybody is trying to control. Yeah. And then entitlement. And what you were just expressing <laughs> at that core of feeling powerless is this feeling of entitlement mm. that shows like, what the, like, you should, I should, right? Mm. And and all of these are responses to like, as you just saw, like feeling powerless in the world. Mm-hmm. So would you say that like when something repeats itself, because that was like one of many triggers. Thi- yes. And all go just, back to the same root. I guess I haven't explored the root. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, why does the universe keep doing this? Like, like in business where yes. like things would pop up and it's like, well, I thought we had this agreement and people like my expectations were kind of maybe high or they weren't clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely like five things in one day, yeah. 20 things in one week on the same thing. See? So here's the, here's the tower card again, mm-hmm. maybe in a smaller way, but the, the, something is trying to get your attention. Mm. And, and when we can't see 
what it is, Mm -hmm. then we get to experience it over and over and over. This is the Wheel of Fortune in the tarot deck, by the way. That we we attract these experiences, and this is what Carl Jung would say as well, that these archetypes are energies, and that these energies, they have a consciousness in and of themselves. So if we are meant to experience something in the world, you better believe we're going to attract it to us. Mm -hmm. This whole law of attraction, you you need to do shadow work before you're even clear enough to be able to like mindfully, consciously attract Mm -hmm. something into your life. Because otherwise, we are just attracting experiences over and over again. Mm. Why? What do they do for us? Well, I mean, if you're asking me, like things I can think of at the top of my head are helping master that lesson or whatever it is, like repeat feeling. Right. And what are you actually mastering when you master a lesson? yourself probably (laughs) probably your emotional reactions to that lesson Mm. right because all of you desensitize yourself almost or you integrate it like what Mm. what and you're clearly like you haven't explored the root of this as you just said yeah i have not but what it (laughs) makes you feel though is very important to continue fault why but what does that mean for me right Mm -hmm. so if it keeps trying to show you something about yourself, reflect on what that is. And when it feels like there's a mild sense of shame attached to it, embarrassment, defensiveness, a justification, control, all those things that our ego is going to defend against it. Like, you're not that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Ooh, okay. So would you say that we have to know what the root is to, like, transmute it? So to know is, right is mental. And there's yeah. an aspect of that that, yes, is very important. But if we say that that is like the level one of awareness, okay, I'm aware of it. Oh, I know what this is. Now, now knowing is one thing, but then feeling that response, right? Mm-hmm. This is disarming those yeah. triggers, coming back to that, which requires emotional regulation, mm-hmm. which requires being able to tolerate discomfort in your body, mm-hmm. which requires body awareness, mm-hmm. right? So we have these resources. We all have them. Mm-hmm. Some of us are just a little bit rusty on how we use them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So to do that kind of work then means that we have to actually change from the inside, Mm-hmm. Not just knowing something, right? So could someone potentially like disarm the trigger or like integrate it back in without having real conscious understanding of like, oh, I picked this up when I was yes. four. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, and in some way, Nia, that's very important, especially for people in, in this field now, this, mm-hmm. he, you know, we say so-called healing field in the mm-hmm. world now, because this is what spiritual bypassing is. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and that's the shadow mm. of like really doing this kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. It's trying to bypass it in some way. Mm-hmm. But here in, in that, we could be like, okay, well, you know, like, I need to know, I need to know what's at the root of this. I need to know what's at the root of this. And in fact, this is, well, this is definitely one of the things my ego loves. I've been trying to work on myself and heal myself and fix myself and understand myself. Like that was such a motivation mm-hmm. growing up for me. But what was at the root of that was this fear that, oh my God, if I don't like have any control over myself because it's coming from a place that was powerless. Mm. So even that can be an attempt of my my shadow or my ego to be like, oh, I'm, I I don't feel afraid of, you know, the world anymore. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got it figured out. Mm. Do you think that spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity kind mm-hmm. of are the same thing in oh. that way? 
Oh, yes. I think that they are both you like know, I'm good. shadow. Yep. Shadow ways of. Put a smile on your face. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll just smile it all the way. But what, what's going good on? Good is only is what are you? That. What are you not confronting by doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And a the, lot. Right. And <laughs> the extreme that ends up happening is the more positive I need to be, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Ooh. Right? So and, would you say that people like, have you ever like come across people who are like, almost like super angelic in their presence uh-huh. and like so light and you could never imagine like this dark side to them that they have lots of darkness uh-huh. or uh-huh. shadow work uh-huh. that they have to do. Uh-huh. Or an unintegrated shadow. That's Ooh. what we'd say there. Yeah. And you, and we sense that like those people that are overly any one way yeah. and we have an emotional reaction to it because equally so if you've got some lunatic, you know, there's a guy when we, I come to work here, he is, I call him the troll. He lives under the bridge. He's there all day long. But, you know, and, and he sits there and he is, he's crazy by, you know, society's mm-hmm. standards. He's raising his fist. He's all of that. That, in, that evokes fear in people. Yeah. They don't ever want to be that way. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be so crazy. Yeah. So the other extreme of that, right, is, is somebody that has it all together. But, <laughs> ha, but what you and I contain, and this is what, where we come to this place of shadow work, is the spectrum of all. Mm-hmm. We are capable of anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. That means that losing our mind. <laughs> but but that also means that like the Hitlers and the Trumps mm. and the, that we are them as well and they are us. We have to come to accept all parts. All parts. What do you think though like the Hitlers and the Trumps of the world like what there's what the are collective, they doing? There's the collective shadow like okay. we just said. The collective is has created remember what I said about attracting things into our life? Yeah. Well, because we're so lopsided you know, and maybe, you know, Germany, that's a, another topic we want, that I won't go into. But the Holocaust is a great example of these huge atrocities that happen mm-hmm. in life. Nobody said life was fair, right? We, again, we defend against these, these conditions of life. These tragedies happen. And they happen as a result of something, which we know right now. There's, it, there's something lopsided in power, mm-hmm. right? Where's love? Where's collaboration? Where's connection, right? When things get out of balance to that extent, we have to have these giant atrocities. And it's almost like to course correct us. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, Because I'm hopefully. thinking, yeah, like I think of like personal things in my life mm-hmm. and like, and I've said this to you before, like one being like, when my husband had his mental kind of crisis, mm-hmm. if you will, um, it was like divinely constructed of like, okay, you were kind of not going on the right path or the path that's most optimal for mm-hmm. you or this is the way you're supposed to go. So like yep. this mm-hmm. wrench in the plans that you had. Totally. The plans that you had, right? <laughs> yeah, There's the thing, right? <laughs> that is the plans, the expectations. And so we sometimes need to recognize, like, those expectations or plans that we have for life, Do are they really born out of the self or are they born out of places of fear or needing to please our mother or our father or our peer group or our culture or our, right? Mm-hmm. Because, again, coming back and saying, like, when you do shadow work, the, the goal of shadow work is to get to that place where you know yourself, and you know all parts of yourself, right? Those triggers then lessen because what is there to react against when you fully accept that in yourself? Hmm. So then, like, do you find, I mean, 
you've been in this wellness healing industry a lot longer than I have. So do you find that there are periods where people have in life where they do a, a bulk of shadow work and oh, then yeah. it comes in like just little like trickles in the rest of your life after you've done the like major life crisis one? Yeah, maybe. maybe. But like you said a little while ago that you feel like it's never done. Like you just no. <laughs> you shift in ways that you see it different over mm-hmm. time and over time. And, and I think to some extent like those – um, conditions of our life, the story of our, our life, if mm-hmm. you will, those were the early conditions. And you, you have to rethink about that, that word. Like that means that's what we are made up of psychically. Now here's the other piece that I failed to mention. And I will now is that the other part of the collective shadow is also the ancestral shadow, mm. which also brings into our own psychic DNA, all of the shadow work that was unlived in our ancestors, the lessons that they, that, uh, that our whole um, ancestral lineage is learning in and of itself as a tendril mm-hmm. of experience right and so the mother wound yeah. in my family the mother wound is passed down over yeah. and over it's part of my psychic dna mm. right and and you have your own story what do you mean by that psychic dna psychic dna is what we inherit from our ancestors okay that same energetic line but remember that that's only one small part of, of the, the humankind mm-hmm. humankind is experienced that's what the archetypes are they are the psychic dna of humankind the human experiences that we are programmed to have and therefore have the resources to deal with mm-hmm. but in our pursuit to expand those resources, which is what we say we're doing in this healing field of ours, mm-hmm. is expanding our inner resources, maybe even aligning them more with the spiritual realm or the mm-hmm. transcendent function, which is still what we're trying to achieve to mm-hmm. get to that place of unity. Mm. And so by resources, when you say that, are you saying like the opportunities to heal and like how you, how you heal? Yeah. What are your resources? When you think about resourcing, like, what are some of your resources? Uh, very tangibly, I think, like, okay, I have the financial resources to okay. invest in coaching, for okay. example. Um, but what you're also saying then, Nia, is that the resource in that is that you realize the importance of self-care. Yeah, which would maybe not be a resource that someone in my ancestral yes. line didn't have 100 years ago because yes. they were trying to survive, Yes, not thrive. Uh-huh. And so this kind of... Cu- taps into a lot of um, family constellations. Absolutely. It's what it's grounded in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, uh, the way I see it is like, it keeps getting, and I don't like the word curse, and I don't know why, maybe I can look up the word and see what that actually means. It has a negative connotation for me, but like, people will say like, family curses are generational curses, but it's like, it almost keeps getting passed down to uh-huh. someone until they have the resources yes. to heal it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now everyone talks about like, oh, at my therapist's office mm-hmm. or I have a coach of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, um, that's that's a very interesting insight that you have there too because it's almost as if what you're saying too about, about the cultural, let's say, you know, energy is that there is an evolution toward the importance or the need for oh, yeah. self-care, right? I think so. Yeah, I think you're an expression of that culture. You understand in a way that your Maybe generation. Maybe in my world, yeah. No, 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 okay. no. Don't downplay it. Okay. In okay. your in your culture, real. I mean, sorry. Um, your generation, which is part of this cultural mm-hmm. shadow ego that you have, that I have a variation of. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big age gap between you and I. So for me, what what. Our, that self-care maybe wasn't part of mm. my resourcing, early resourcing. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're also an expression then of how the cultural 
energy, if you will, is growing and expanding in mm-hmm. ways that it needs to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just focused on all the negative shit. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we did, and and we sh- and and that's only one story. The other part of that is that the soul, right? Whatever that soul is, Gaia energy, life force, it's always moving toward, right? Growth, mm-hmm. expansion. It's always moving toward something. Yeah. And so it you your generation is an expression of that is what I'm saying. What do you think I mean maybe you have the answer to this astrologically or just in your opinion shifted from I think we're just one generation apart. Yeah. I think we might be two, honey. Uh really? Yeah. I'm Gen Y, are you Gen X? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, we're okay. one generation. All right. All right. So what shifted from Gen <laughs> X to Gen Y? Oh no, you know what? That definitely is not a good question for me. I mean, <laughs> just because I mean, I I would not be able to really wax poetic on that in any yeah. way that is intelligent. Yeah. Um, I could say archetypally, yeah. I think what has changed, right? You have to think again about how the conditions of existence, how they've changed from my time to your time. We the now internet. have yep, and yeah. and this little thing that we carry around. So we're constantly supposedly mm-hmm. in contact with others. Yeah. But what it has done, this is a wonderful question. What it has done on the shadow side of that is that in that attempt to hyper connect with others, mm-hmm. what we've actually done is we've become more disconnected mm-hmm. than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Right? So the extreme of one again mm-hmm. has caused, right? Cause and effect. Yeah. I mean, this is Newton's law of physics. I think, you know, number three. <laughs> <laughs> cause and effect. And and that extreme that's happening there. Mm. I yeah, if I could guess, and now that you're like saying it, like the internet pops into my head, like I had my first computer when I was five and I knew how to type without looking at the keyboard by the time I was six. Mm-hmm. And so like when I think of like the way you say conditioned, mm-hmm. like that's a whole lot like lots of people, maybe not when the internet first started, but now people are I think are more open to sharing like bigger parts of yeah. their life and we know everything about everyone. You know everything about everyone but really nothing deep. Yeah. Because what we are sharing with others, oh my God, our ego, our persona mm-hmm. loves it mm-hmm. because it's it feeds right into the complex and actually this is a great point because what this does is this inflates the ego. You remember yeah. I said there's an inflated ego and there's an impoverished ego. Yeah. And so the inflated ego has become such an extreme that whose head do we have on a bobblehead now that represents like the narcissist ever to be Trump, right? Mm -hmm. We have become so narcissistic in our attempt to constantly show who we are and how great our life is and what we're so great at. And all we care is what other people think about us, right? Mm -hmm. That's one side of it. And I'm talking about as a collective. I'm not talking about individuals. And so there we go. There is like this inflated ego and Mm -hmm. that inflated ego will need to find its balance through coming back to this, I mean, what we're talking to is about as shadow work Mm -hmm. and what you started this whole show with, which was also very insightful, COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID. I mean, talk about the conditions of existence, right? Mm -hmm. This was something that shut the entire world down and Mm -hmm. put us in a confrontational frenzy with our fear. Fear. Life. Like we had to sit with it all. Death. And we had no control. Mm. When we talk about the most primal fear of all, any species, mm-hmm. is death. Yeah. And we were under constant attack from this fear, which completely what it did is it just, our, our ego was finally like, oh God, I give up. It deflated itself. And so then we had to really be with what that fear meant mm-hmm. to each of us 
individually mm. because fear is an archetype. But what it brings up in you is different than what it brings up in me mm-hmm. and them and them, right? Mm. So we were all forced into shadow work. Mm. Which kind of goes back to that point in the beginning. Like uh, so many people are making like these changes they wanted to make or thought about mm-hmm. and maybe never said or verbalized to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, someone mentioned yeah. this the other day. They called it the great resignation. Ah. Of like people just quitting jobs and like starting their businesses because that fear of like, oh crap, I'm I'm out of a job now because yeah. I got fired because of COVID. Yeah. Now I'm just gonna start this business I've always wanted. Yep. And so many people have been so successful. So and and if we were to keep in line with this, we would say that when you do the shadow work, what actually lies in that place that we think is like a, a terrible dungeon mm-hmm. is where our treasures are buried. Yes. It's where our superpowers are. But we have to, like the hero, find the courage in the face of fear to dig deep, to go into those basements and to really feel mm-hmm. all of that stuff, right? And come out the other side. <laughs> and so many people have. But the other side of that, though, with COVID is it's it also, like, brought out the pimple in our society with how divisive things are. Mm-hmm. You know, it went from... Uh, Republican to Democrat to vaccinated and unvaccinated, yeah. you know, the this and the that, right? It mm-hmm. has to bring it up to the surface, though. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This leads me to my third point. Oh, I'm doing good at keeping track. <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> Personal shadow, cultural shadow. Okay. Collective shadow. Okay. And the collective shadow is what lies on the other side, right? Because as we're seeing, where there's a dark and light, whatever yeah. you want to say, one side or the other. What lies on the other side of life is the main archetype. Mm-hmm. It's life, creation. You know, what mm-hmm. is the archetype of this life? So what's the opposite of that? The opposite of yeah. life as the death. You, you think, right? <laughs> yeah. You would think. But, but here's the thing. Life as an archetypal experience, our human life, is already made up. Mm. of many tiny moments of deaths because mm. death is oh, evolution <laughs> and right so so death is actually not the shadow of life what is the fear mm. right because mm. the fear mm-hmm. is it is a response right a reaction yeah. to just being living mm. but we ha- i mean we could get we keep expanding outward until our, our minds are blown <laughs> But what, what's even beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. So the collective shadow is, is really, it's a, it's a fear response mm-hmm. to accepting the conditions of life. Mm-hmm. Because the conditions of life are tragic. They are, you know, unpredictable. At any moment, you can live, you can die. Like, think about those conditions of life. Mm-hmm. They're terrifying. Yeah. And so we defend against them through mm-hmm. fear. Mm. When you say that, I think of, I'm sure you've read this book, The Alchemist. Yes, lovely. Uh, Not for many years. Yeah, I haven't read it in a really long time, but there was one quote that I will always remember. It's like, the fear of X, Y, Z, the thing that you're afraid of, Mm -hmm. is always greater than doing the thing. Mm -hmm. I I botched that. But but (laughs) yes, right? Because the fear is the response. Mm. And it's greater than the actual thing that just is. That you're afraid of. Yeah, right. 
And, and so when we can learn to accept things without thinking that life is unfair, that, that without like having this kind of indignation, because that's our ego, that's like, what the fuck? What do you mean I have to age? What do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm not going to, you know, like that there's all these things that we are pushing against, we are afraid of. Mm-hmm. And so the, the collective shadow, if you will, is part of, it's part of our own as, you know, humanity, it's our journey is to just accept, mm-hmm. to accept all that is without needing to slice it and dice it and turn it into good and bad. Mm-hmm. And, and what would we feel? Maybe we would feel peace. Maybe we would feel love. Mm-hmm. Maybe we would feel bliss. I know that I have felt it before because mm-hmm. it, it is the transcendent experience, mm-hmm. right? To feel one with everything that is. If you enjoyed this episode with Adrian, please follow her on Instagram at Adrian Soul Sessions to book an astrological reading or forecast for the new year. If you're located in San Diego, please check out her shadow work group and see if it might be something that fits into your healing journey for this year. Until next time, bye.